Hello and welcome to the Rural Bookkeeping Podcast. This podcast shares bookkeeping tips, tricks and general business advice to help you grow your business. In case we haven't met, my name is Emily Cinderberry. I'm a rural bookkeeper, business improvement specialist, mum and farmer. I live on a property north of Condoblin in central west New South Wales and I'm passionate about supporting rural small businesses. Let's dive into today's episode. Got Harita McMullen here to have a chat about human resources, which we'll refer to as HR from here on. And we're also going to have a chat about leadership. So Harita is a leadership mentor and employee experience strategist, shaking up the way we think and feel about HR. She founded Third Space People to help businesses create epic places to work by developing confident leaders and reimagining the employee experience. She partners with the purpose-led, the forward thinkers and the difference makers to create human-shaped cultures that make a ding in the world. Harita has featured on panels with the likes of LinkedIn Learning and in the Australian media publications such as Smart Company, Women's Agenda, Australian Financial Review and HRD Magazine. So welcome Harita, so glad to have you here. Thank you, it's good to be here. So firstly, let's have a chat about how we can approach delegation so that business owners can outsource with confidence. So outsourcing and delegation is often something I hear business owners say they need to do because they are so time poor, but they often think that they're too busy to actually outsource the tasks and it's just easier to do it themselves, which I know myself, I've been there and done that. So what tips and guidance have you got for our business owners to get started with delegation? Sure. Look, I think before I go any further, I can totally acknowledge how difficult delegation can be. I know a few people have some horror stories in their back pocket and it can just put you off forevermore delegating. So I think a The biggest challenge comes down to time, and that's the biggest hurdle. Um, The number one reason why I see delegation fail is that we have all of these limiting beliefs holding us back often based on past experience but often it's based on you know one or two past experiences Um, and then it catches us so my first tip is to look at how you can rewire those I think you need to get really comfortable with the risk that you take by not delegating and then looking at how you specifically win so you know, take a look at where you stand right now. And if things aren't working and you're not delegating as much off your plate as you would like to, then that's a clear sign. Uh, The risk of not delegating is that you become a part of the problem. I know. Yeah, we almost become that block, don't you? Like the block to progress. Exactly. You become, you put yourself a bottleneck where you create a bottleneck around yourself. And that can be frustrating for your team uh, when they want to get things done. It's obviously overwhelming for yourself. Um, And you risk your team receiving the message that you don't trust them, you don't believe in them, uh, and even that you don't care about them to help them grow. Um, But then on the flip side, looking at an example of how you specifically win, you create a team that feels empowered and has the capability to deal with problems and make decisions without you, which is a game changer. It means that you don't have to get involved or as involved 
when these situations come up. So it's about looking at your work design and how you want to set up your business so that you don't have to work so much in it. You can work yeah. on and often I think that's, I mean, that's the dream of a lot of business owners, isn't it? They set their business up for that freedom, yet we're often finding ourselves holding back from that delegating and actually blocking our own dream in a, in a way. So, Which yeah. is understandable because so many of us have started with me, myself and I, or with one other person, and it can be really hard to make that switch from doing all and being all and having all bases covered to letting that go so it is it is a big mindset switch. um in terms of the actual delegating or even outsourcing because the same rules apply really the question that i would encourage you to ask yourself is first up, who's right for the job and looking at the skills of the person with the interests that they have and trying to match that up where possible um, and then nailing the execution and this is the second part where I think delegation fails is we sort of drop the task quickly run through it and then say later. <laughs> yeah I think we're all a bit of a culprit for that <laughs> yeah because of the time situation right so I think by taking even 15 minutes and obviously this depends on the complexity of what you're needing to delegate but taking the time to properly hand over and properly delegate by explaining what it is why it's important so that you get their buy-in um, and then figuring out communication preferences when do you want check-ins uh what's the timeline for delivery and uh looking at then making sure they've understood that before you let go of the reins and hope the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah That's yeah awesome. and great so, tips yeah and then so just leading on from that then as part of the sort of making sure the job's done well so there's a handover but then do you have any tips for like how to check in along the way or at the end to make sure it's you know like providing the feedback and kind of I guess closing that delegation loop in a way for sure I feel like people sit in either two camps which is the um overbearing always checking in watching over your back type of manager or the ghosting manager <laughs> you don't hear from them ever again so it's about finding that sweet spot in between and trusting them to get the job done the way that they are going to do it I mean you've hired them for a reason that you obviously saw something in them um, or you're outsourcing to a specific business or person for a reason um, the best tip I have is to agree on that timeline and those points of check-in when you're delegating. So looking at what, if it's a project, what are those milestones? Uh, and then you'll check in at those milestones or you'll check in at the end of the day. It's up to you guys because it's different. Yeah. yeah and I think too, it's, it's, hard, it's different with a remote team versus a team that's in your workspace too as to you know how often the check-ins are required or I guess even the work what like it, it is very dependent on what works so I think that's a really helpful tip just try and make it work 
Absolutely. And it does, you don't have to over-engineer it either. It can be a simple check-in on, on Slack or Microsoft Teams, or it can be a full presentation. It, it depends on what the task is, um, the capability of the person too. Um, but you, you will know that as you plan to delegate whatever it is that you're delegating. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Hmm. So um, next little topic we might touch on uh, leading in the HR space is about attracting and retaining staff. And we all know at the moment that it's a huge problem across Australia in all businesses of all sizes and industries. It's just a massive problem. So what's some advice you've got for our listeners about attracting great staff and how to retain them so we're not going through that constant burn of trying to find someone? Mm, it's a tough playing field out there at the moment and the power dynamics between employer and employee are coming back into alignment so you know it's no longer good enough to be in an okay job with an, an okay boss and an okay culture so my advice is to approach your recruitment like you would a partnership a business partnership look at why someone would want to work for you um, part of that is looking at your employee journey so that you're not putting all your efforts into when they start and then you know six months down the track one year down the track two years down the track they become forgotten because you're putting all the effort into when they start so um i suppose looking at how you can divide and conquer your efforts i would also say that you don't need to offer a thousand and one things. I would suggest picking out your top little handful of why working for you is so great and honing your message when you recruit for those positions around those. So it doesn't always need to be salary, although I would suggest taking the question of salary off the table and paying what they're worth. <laughs> not trying to undercut at all and get a bargain. Um, but a lot of people want purpose in their role. And it comes down to how you can translate what you do as a business to the bigger picture and why their role matters to you and to your business and to society or your customers and your community because people want to be wanted. Um, and they want the work that they do to matter. And then yeah, I love that. I think the whole buy-in to the, the vision and the mission of the business is really important so that everyone is on that same page and striving for the same thing. I think that's, that's a really important part of it. Absolutely. Um, and then in terms of retaining your team, I know there's you know, all of these buzzwords around offering this, that, and the other, but my biggest suggestion would be to talk to your people and what do they want? Because everyone wants something different. Uh, and you may be surprised that it's actually a lot more achievable and simple than you think it is. You don't need to bring in all of these fancy, techie, brand new benefits. Sometimes it really is back to basics. Yeah, that's a really good tip. And I think that's helpful in a way to cover so many industries. Like a lot of our listeners, you know, we've got farmers and then we've got, you know, cafes and um, retail and all sorts of different industries. So I think that's a really important point is just asking the employees what they actually want from the job and the, the, 
Yeah. You're also showing that you care about their opinion and you care about what they want as well. And that in itself is a huge motivator. Yeah, that's awesome. Great tips. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got any other little tips on, on that or should we move on to workplace culture? Yeah, happy to move on to workplace culture. Cool. So um, I know you're an expert when it comes to rethinking workplace culture. So can you share some pieces of wisdom about how we can improve our workplace culture and some of the things we should be doing with our team? Yeah, absolutely. My biggest piece of advice before I get into anything more specific is, is not to over-engineer it. It doesn't need to be something over and above what you're already doing. I would suggest when you sit down for your annual or quarterly planning and strategy sessions is to have a little a little section put aside for you know people <laughs> and looking at your people strategy uh, and how that sits in and alongside your business strategy because really your people are your business without them you know it's all downhill <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so they deserve you know the time and attention put into that so in terms of approaching then that strategy which I know that word is a buzzword and it can feel overwhelming in and of itself is to break it down into your employee journey what are the stages of interaction or the moments that matter right from your recruitment process and the interview stage to getting a job offer and onboarding through to learning you know your you finished your um your trial period how do you reward and recognize them do you recognize birthdays or work anniversaries uh, do you have some cool branded emails that you can flick off at moments that matter uh, right through to after they've left and how you treat that experience as well once you've nailed those moments that matter and there's you know eight to ten of them then underneath each of those you can say all right during the onboarding phase, that's a big moment that matters. We have branded emails that go out that make them feel welcome. Uh, we have some merch or, an, or a welcome gift. We have a buddy system so that when they arrive, they know who their trainer is, how long they're going to be training for, and they have a plan around how their first week is going to go. So you set them up with that certainty. Uh, then you do that for each of those moments and you may select one moment that matters, for example, that onboarding piece to focus on each quarter. Break it down. It's not something that you're going to get to where you want it to be in a matter of months unless you do have all the time in the world and the resources to spare. So I would suggest taking the pressure off yourself and looking at your workplace culture uh, in the present, in the short term and in the long term. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea and setting some goals around like, yeah, what's the most important that we can act now and just make that 1% that change and then it'll all add up over time. I, that's a really good tip. It does all add up over time. I've worked in uh, companies where it took us two years to get to where 
we really wanted to be and that was with a small team of people dedicated to this um so it takes time I don't say that to scare anyone but just <laughs> to take the pressure off yourself and um and involve your team in that process too this is literally something that you can help delegate get them to champion some of the changes or to do some of the research for you uh, get them involved in it and that I dare say will drive accountability and ownership towards your business your company culture yeah I love that and I think um I was just thinking while you were talking a lot of um the listeners would often have kind of contractor short-term teams so how do you have some tips for um I guess this is the onboarding and everything's important but um while they're uh, they're working in that short-term contract kind of thing, is there any uh, culture tips you've got for making that short um, work experience a good one? <laughs> Absolutely. You're right in that a lot of it comes down to before they've even started, setting up the expectations, making sure they're across the what, the why and the how of what you do, uh, and then that onboarding piece is critical the key is to position them like they're a permanent employee i think uh, and not thinking about them as someone different so looking at what benefits can you offer them some of them you can't but some you can how can you get them involved in the team can they share uh updates along the way and can they come to the team meetings uh, things like that so approaching the relationship like you're hiring them as a permanent employee versus a contractor yeah that's a really good tip and then what about the smaller teams where it might only be you and one other person um, I know a lot of people often think I don't know like there's all the talk about you know the big team meetings and strategy mm. days but often if there's only two of you that can feel a little bit um not unnecessary but it can be feel a little bit over the top so have you got any sort of tips for those really small teams and in potentially micro businesses mm. and and some of the small just and I know that even only small gestures can can be enough so have you got some ideas of things absolutely I mean take myself for example I work for myself uh, I don't have a team, uh, yet I still set aside strategy days or a half day or basically I set aside time to think about my business and work on it, not in it. So I would still encourage micro teams or solopreneurs to do that because it allows you to pull your head out of the, the mud, if you will, in, in the operations to look at the bigger picture and look at where you want to go and to plan for that as well. Because I dare say we want to either scale and expand our team or scale profits and whatnot. So it's important to still place some emphasis on it. Um, in terms of workplace culture for a micro team it's just done on a smaller scale so people still like I said earlier want to know that what they do matters so in this instance it may be for example acknowledging birthdays or making sure your feedback is on point and sharing 
your thoughts when you think someone's done something really great and being specific about that and um, making sure the, the team that you're with or the other person that you're working with feels valued. Yeah, and I think often that can come from the unexpected things a bit too. Like, I guess sometimes you kind of expect that they might say happy birthday or whatever, but maybe it's those little extra things you can do that they don't see coming that might just um, lift that culture a little bit more. Is that Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of some um, unexpected flowers or a pers- definitely personalise it if you can, a personalised gift for a huge project someone may have been working on and it took them months and months and it was really stressful and at the end yes people would probably expect to say good job and well done but they might not expect a small token gift and that can be a really small investment with a really high return. Yeah I love that I think that's so important. Have you got any other sort of closing hints or tips or anything we haven't shared that you were hoping to share today before we wrap up with some final quick questions? Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, I could have talked about some of these things for ages. (laughs) So in terms of the the first piece that we talked about around delegation, I have a five-day email series resource that's free for people to sign up if they want to. And that really takes you from zero to 100. It's your paint by numbers version of delegating. Uh, So if that was something that you wanted to explore, then I would encourage you to check that out. I can share the link to that to pop in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. But ultimately, I think my final message is that managing and leading a team doesn't have to be so hard I think it's like most things being intentional about your efforts you don't have to do all the things so picking out the few things that drive high impact nailing those before you even think about anything else yeah I love that and I think to um I know myself some of the little blocks is just those little jobs that have been on your list for way too long might be the ones that as as well as the high impact those little ones that have just been lingering they'll make you feel a million dollars when you um (laughs) yeah my approach to those is if it's been on the list for too long I probably don't need to do it (laughs) yeah well that's (laughs) that's good guy thinking too (laughs) take it off stop using up brain space with it um but absolutely I love also the old adage of eat your frog or do the thing that's stressing you out or uh on your mind do that first thing in the morning and just get it done however horrible it may be and that works wonders for me too yeah I love that and um I have to laugh we've just been talking about eat the frog um in our team and mm-hmm. Eloise has very creatively come up with the idea of a little Freddo frog jar. So yes. bribing yourself with actual chocolate um, and you get to eat a Freddo frog when you can eat one of those frog jobs. So I oh, think yeah. um, that's a fantastic idea. It's a great <laughs> idea. to watch the waistline. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a great idea of being creative, right? And something that doesn't cost a lot. It's not big. It's not over-engineered. It's really simple. Yet, look. It's made it to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> cool. Well, we might wrap up then with some quick questions. So what's your favourite quote? 
So many, but I think the one that I use often is you don't get what you don't ask for. That has served me a lot in my career. Um, and more often than not, people say yes. Yeah, I love that. That's a really important one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're not working on your business, where would we find you? I am the mum of an 18-month-old son. So honestly, you'd find me on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor playing games <laughs> on the floor playing games picking up food <laughs> I'm also awesome. I grew up in the rural North Island of New Zealand so I currently live in Brisbane and I have lived in cities for the last you know, decade 15 years so I love getting out into nature grounding myself with some bushwalks and obsessed with the beach when I can uh, and getting out of the four walls I find the ocean and the bird song and the bushwalks really calming and really grounding so that's something that I like to do and that I would like to make more time for as well fantastic I love that mm. and if you could recommend something for the listeners to read listen or watch what would it be if I was going to say something linking to, you know, leadership and, and making your life easier as a business owner, I've got two actually. Uh, Georgia Merch is an incredible culture change maker working with businesses, small and large. And she has written a few books. One of them is Fixing Feedback. I read that when I was, I think, 24 and it changed my life. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, we'll I know. I know. And it's a big call, right? Because when you read some of those books, they can be really dry, really boring. She swears in her books and it's great. It makes she's relatable. It's funny. And it really makes the message that she sends stick. So I would highly recommend that. And then if you're on TikTok or even Instagram, I cannot go by Simon Sinek. He has some incredible content out there bite-sized pieces, real thinkers as well. Uh, so I would recommend if you haven't already heard of Simon Sinek, get onto that. He sends some really great tips out. Fantastic. Thank you. And finally, where can people find and connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at third underscore space. You can also find me on LinkedIn at harata-mcmullen. Uh, and of course, my website, www.thirdspacepeople.com. I love a good chat. So if anyone's listening and likes the sound of my voice <laughs> and my vibe, please reach out. I'd love to connect. I'd love to chat and see, uh, learn more about you and see um, how, how we can potentially even help you too awesome I was going to say do you want to throw out some of the potential ways if people are looking to improve their HR and leadership um, or their company culture or whatever it is they how can what are some of the ways you can help have you got some courses absolutely I have my free delegation resource so definitely jump on there I'm actually about to launch a mini course in building your leadership credibility and how that will link to scaling your business as well. 
I'm launching early next year. I'm really excited about it. It's been a long time coming, but my uh, founder to leader accelerator program, it's a 10 week signature online program where we basically take you from overwhelm to clarity. Um, so you can find out more about those and a few other things that we offer on our website. Uh, uh, access those also through uh, my Instagram account. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully um, there, there was lots of nuggets of wisdom there that I got. So hopefully our listeners have got some too. And they should definitely pop on and follow your socials and reach out if they need any more help. So thanks for the chat today. And um, we look forward to connecting again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Emily.